The lover writes often at first, then seldom, at last, not at all. How many excuses she invents for him! How many times she goes to the distant little post office to which he is to address his letters! How many times she hopes, only to be disappointed! How many times she despairs, only to hope again! But real despair comes at last and will not be put off any more. The rich suitor appears on the scene, and her father is determined. She is to marry at once. The wedding day is fixed, the fifteenth of June. The date seems to burn into her brain. The date written in fire dances for ever before her eyes. The date shrieked by the furies sounds continually in her ears. But there is time yet. It is the middle of May. There is time for a letter to reach him at Florence. There is time for him to come to Brunswick to take her away and marry her, in spite of her father, in spite of the whole world. But the days and the weeks fly by, and he does not write. He does not come. This is indeed despair, which usurps her heart and will not be put away. It is the fourteenth of June. For the last time, she goes to the little post office. For the last time, she asks the old question. And they give her, for the last time, the dreary answer: no, no letter. For the last time, for tomorrow is the day appointed for the bridal. Her father will hear no entreaties. Her rich suitor will not listen to her prayers. They will not be put off a day, an hour. Tonight alone is hers. This night, which she may well employ as she will. She takes another path than that which leads home. She hurries through some by streets of the city, out onto a lonely bridge, where he and she had stood so often in the sunset, watching the rose-coloured light glow, fade, and die upon the river. He returns from Florence. He had received her letter, that letter blotted with tears, entreating, despairing. He had received it, but he loved her no longer. A young Florentine who has sat to him for a model had bewitched his fancy, that fancy which with him stood in place of a heart, and Gertrude had been half forgotten. If she had a rich suitor, good, let her marry him. Better for her, better far for himself. He had no wish to fetter himself with a wife. Had he not his art always, his eternal bride, his unchanging mistress? Thus, he thought it wiser to delay his journey to Brunswick, so that he should arrive when the wedding was over, arrive in time to salute the bride, and the vows, the mystical fancies, the belief in his return, even after death, to the embrace of his beloved, oh, gone out of his life, melted away for ever those foolish dreams of his boyhood. So, on the fifteenth of June, he enters Brunswick. By that very bridge on which she stood, the stars looking down on her the night before, he strolls across the bridge and down by the water's edge, a great rough dog at his heels, and the smoke from his short meerschaum pipe curling in blue wreaths fantastically in the pure morning air. He has his sketchbook under his arm, and attracted now and then by some object that catches his artist's eye, stops to draw. A few weeds and pebbles on the river's brink, a crag on the opposite shore, a group of pollard willows in the distance. 
When he has done, he admires his drawing, shuts his sketchbook, empties the ashes from his pipe, refills his tobacco pouch, sings the refrain of a gay drinking song, calls to his dog, smokes again, and walks on. Suddenly, he opens his sketchbook again. This time, that which attracts him is a group of figures. But what is it? It is not a funeral, for there are no mourners. It is not a funeral. But a corpse lying on a rude bier covered with an old sail, carried between two bearers. It is not a funeral for the bearers are fishermen, fishermen in their everyday garb. Almost a hundred yards from him, they rest their burden on a bank. One stands at the head of the bier, the other throws himself down at the foot of it, and thus they form the perfect group. He walks back two or three paces, selects his point of sight, and begins to sketch a hurried outline. He has finished it before they move. He hears.